0: Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you've had a blessed day, a refreshing day. It's a joy to be here with you again this evening. I really enjoy and appreciate your singing. I uh, Just want to commend you for that. I love to sing, and I appreciate the singing here. Thank you. Keep that up. Okay, for the children, did you remember your homework? Where do we read of a big man who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot? Did you say that? Well done. Very good. Yes. So this was a giant of a man, right? This was a big man. And he had six fingers on each hand, and I'm not sure how that would work. That's a little hard to imagine, right? And six toes on each foot. Maybe he wore sandals instead of shoes, I don't know. <laughs> um, I wonder what he did when his friend said, give me five. <laughs> Okay, for tomorrow evening, I think I'll push it out to tomorrow evening since Sunday morning is so close. Um, Who was the five-year-old boy that became lame because his nurse dropped him? Who was the five-year-old boy who became lame because his nurse dropped him? And I'll ask for your response, not tomorrow morning, but tomorrow evening on that. And thank you for your response. I appreciate interacting with you in that way. Okay, turning our thoughts and hearts to this evening's message. From victim to victor. And I would, I just want to be candid with you here this evening that um, this message is personal with me. And I would like to be willing and able to share my heart and experience with you in this message, at least briefly. Have you ever been in a situation that you wish you could change or control or run away from i have and i don't doubt that each of you have been in similar shoes and here's a question i would really i would encourage you to be honest with yourself about is there anything if there's anything you could change what would it be if there's anything that either you have experienced or you think is hindering you from experiencing, um, what, what would that be? What would you change? And I want to give the context here, the, uh, maybe the heart of the message, at least part of it. Many times we view these circumstances of life situations of life around us as being maybe the culprit of why I can't do or be what I want to do or be but i want us to to get a glimpse and, and an appreciation for the heart of god i want you to know that god loves you too much or so much that he's not just willing to change the circumstances always for us Because sometimes he wants to change our heart in the circumstance rather than the circumstance itself. Let me give you an example. We used to sing at a nursing home, yeah, nursing home, but also at a men's shelter. And one evening after we were done singing, this gentleman came up to me and he had, I forget if it was a $10 bill, $20 bill, And he handed it to me, and it was burned badly enough that he would not be able to use it. This was after hours, of course. He couldn't take it to the bank to replace it. So he wondered if I would trade it in for him. And then he told me what happened. He said he was smoking his cigarette, and he thought it was out, but he put it in his pocket. Only to discover later that it had not been completely out. And it burned his money. And I told him. Perhaps God is showing you in a literal way. That you're burning your money. On cigarettes. You see. We would rather just exchange the experience. Rather than learn from it. At a heart level, God is interested in a purification of our heart, not just changing our circumstances. I'd like to look at these terms that we're using here this evening from victim to victor. A victim is a person who suffers from a destructive or injurious action. And a victor is a person who has won in any struggle or contest. We could say an overcomer. He overcame the obstacles that was in his path. And the one thing I want to strengthen, not me, I would love for God to, by His spirit, strengthen our faith. By resting in God's sovereignty. So, I'd like with you, I would like for you to turn with me to Daniel chapter 4. And we have a few phrases here that um, can sometimes be hard for us to really grasp. Let me be honest enough to say, sometimes I have a hard time grasping these. Daniel chapter 4, verse 25, this is talking about King Nebuchadnezzar being prophesied that they shall drive thee from men and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field and they shall make thee to eat grass as oxen and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over thee. And here's the phrase I want you to grasp. Till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. And here we see that God was actually wanting to use a circumstance to bring a change of heart to King Nebuchadnezzar in this context. Let's read verses 34 and 35. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. I'd like to just pause here. Um, Are you with me that we can fairly easily believe or grasp that God Um, Does whatever he wants to do according to his will in the army of heaven. That's easy for me to to say and kind of believe. The next phrase is where the rubber meets the road for me. What does it say? And among the inhabitants of the earth. Really? Are we sure? (laughs) Doesn't it feel sometimes like, um, God, you overlooked this one. I'm not sure that you're really in this one. I know you can do whatever you want in heaven, but are you really involved in this situation right now on earth? And I just want us to know that God is. Not only does God rule in heaven, he rules among the inhabitants of the earth right now. God knows everything that happens to you and I, and it does not take him by surprise. Let's finish the verse. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? God, what is going on here? God has it under control. But sometimes when I feel out of control, then I wonder if God really has it in control. That's the practical shoe leather for me out of these verses. And I just want us to rest in the sovereignty of God. And here are several verses that to me have been um, a personal strength that God has blessed me with, a comfort um, a resting place for my faith. We read in Psalm 139, verse 5, the other evening, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. That's a promise of God. God is interested in your life. He is present in your life. These two in particular have been stabilizers for, for me. Psalm 138 verse 8. It's just part of the verse. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Whatever Daniel faces, whatever Daniel deals with, the Lord will perfect that. In other words, in his sovereignty, he wants to use that in a redemptive way in my life. Another little phrase that David says, My times are in thy hands. My times are in thy hands. And that to me speaks of it doesn't matter what the circumstance is, what the time is. It's in his hands. It's okay. It's okay. And it's not overlooked by him. He cares about that. Have you ever heard of Someone playing the victim card. Have you ever heard that phrase? Playing a victim card. What is meant by that? A victim card is a fabrication or exaggeration of victimhood for a a variety of reasons, such as to justify the abuse of others, to manipulate others, for a coping strategy. Seeking attention or to diffuse responsibility. A victim mentality is a belief that I cannot live to my full potential because, and then you fill in the blank. A victim mentality justifies my wrongdoing because. And then it's pointed to something else. A victim mentality tries to control through manipulation. And this can take on very many forms such as pouting or shouting, glaring, silence, distance or avoidance. A victim mentality can be a coping strategy. It's a mindset of justification. And we justify ourselves in not doing what we really know we should do because we think we have a valid reason not to. A victim mentality diffuses my responsibility because I can say, it's not my fault. I didn't want this to happen either, but it happened to me. Or a victim mentality can be a poor me mentality. An attention-seeking pity type of attitude. I'd like to give to us um, at least three difficult realities of life that I personally had to come to grips with. Number one, our lives are affected by the choices of others. What do I mean by that? Here's the second point. We cannot control others' choices. And this can be very difficult to accept sometimes What I'm saying is things come our way that we have no control over. And we would love to control them. And sometimes we try to control them. Maybe through this victim mentality of coping in order to try to control and manipulate. But the reality is others' choices affect me. Whether I like it or not. Or want it or not. And I can't control what another does. As a minister, one of the harder things that I have dealt with is wanting, in a desire to help someone, you want them to make the right decision, but you cannot make it for them. You you have to hold that in an open hand because it is their choice. And you have to respect that choice. How much Jesus would love to see people come to Him, but He doesn't force Himself on us. Um, He respects our decision. Now, recognizing that others' choices affect us, we need to also recognize that my choices affect others. In other words, I have the potential to victimize, to injure to hurt someone else. Bitterness comes from a victim mentality. And bitterness, I'd just like to offer this simple definition, bitterness is a resistance to things outside of my control. And it's usually against God. It may appear to be against the situation, Maybe an individual, but at the end of the day, if God is sovereign and knows what's going on and has allowed this in my life, am I resisting Him or what He wants to teach me? I'd like for us to take just a deeper look at three specific examples in Scripture. And maybe I will ask for your response in this. Let me read to you several verses Let's look at Job first. You can just listen. Job chapter 1, verse 12. The Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Another verse. So so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. So my question to you is, who was behind Job's suffering? Anybody? God and Satan. Okay, God and Satan. Yes. And in these verses we see Satan specifically, right? Satan specifically. So we could say it's Satan's fault, right, that Job experienced what he did. Genesis 37 verses 18 and 27, this is about Joseph now. <clears throat> Speaking of his brothers, and when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. Then they said, come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. So they sold him to the Ishmaelites, who was behind Joseph being sent to Egypt. We would say his brothers, right? There was a physical presence that he was, could we say, victim of. Let's look at Jesus' sufferings. Jesus said at one point, after they had arrested him, This is your hour and the power of darkness. Let me read for you just a couple more scriptures concerning Jesus' suffering. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. One more scripture. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Who was behind Jesus' sufferings? Now let's look at the question, how did these men see it? What did these men see? What did Job say? Though Satan had personally attacked him, Job said, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. That is amazing. (laughs) Joseph, what did he say? Genesis 45. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. He acknowledges what they did. But he saw beyond that, for God did send me before you to preserve life. And at the end of the book of Genesis, we read these words. But as for you, you thought evil against me. There was intentional injurious action against him. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass As it is this day to save much people alive. And then Jesus, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want us to actually see this with our own eyes. Acts chapter 2. Let's read verses 22 and 23. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinant counsel and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Did you catch the sovereignty of God in that verse? By determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. Now go to Acts chapter 4, and let's read the very same scripture that we read earlier. Only let's finish it. Let's begin in verse 25. Pardon me, verse 26. Acts chapter 4, verse 26. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. So here's what I want you to grasp. Let me just echo the words of Jesus in John where he says, when he's facing this hour of suffering, he says, should I run from this hour? No, for this cause came I unto this hour. In other words, he saw it as a divine appointment of God. Here's what I want us to get. A victim mentality focuses on the wrong or the evil, maybe the individual, behind the act or circumstance. A victor mentality sees God in the situation. A victim mentality looks only at the evil in the situation. At the wrong. And it is wrong. It may be wrong. It may be purposeful wrong. But a victor mentality sees through or beyond that evil as Joseph and focuses on God. And that is an act of faith in the sovereignty of God. John. Koblenz, in his book, Love and Non Resistance, says this The cross of Christ stands for all times as a witness of the effective nature of non resistance. The non resistance of Christ to the injustice and evil of the cross was transformed by the sovereignty of God to the greatest victory for truth and liberation and liberty the world has ever seen. At the very moment when Jesus appeared by his non-resistance to be doing nothing, he was accomplishing the monumental work of redemption. That same principle is operative in all who will identify with the cross of Christ. James Stewart says it this way, And I love this picture. There's a phrase in scripture that says he led captivity captive. What does that mean? The very triumphs of his foes, it means he used for their defeat. He compelled their dark achievements to subserve his end, not theirs. They nailed him to a tree, not knowing that by that very act, they were bringing the world to his feet. They gave him a cross, not guessing he would make it a throne. They flung him outside the gates to die, not understanding, pardon me, not knowing that in that very moment, They were lifting up all the gates of the universe to let the King of Glory come in. They thought to root out his doctrines, not understanding that they were implanting imperishably in the hearts of men the very name they intended to destroy. They thought they had defeated God with his back to the wall, pinned and helpless and defeated. They did not know that it was God Himself who had tracked them down. He did not conquer in spite of the dark mystery of evil. He conquered through it. Only God can do that. Only God can use the thing that was meant for destruction to turn out Redemptively for our good. Amazing. The suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ. Gives us a victor's perspective. That rises above a victim mentality. Though evil was. Directly. Involved or intended for Jesus. He overcame that by surrendering. Himself to him who judges righteously. And God rewarded that by resurrection. He overcame evil with good. Many times we fight against the destruction we perceive in our life. The wrong that's been done against us. But I want to give you a little key. Here, that's sometimes hard to learn. Some battles are won not by fighting but by surrender. Surrender to the Lordship of Christ. Jesus was made perfect through suffering, Scripture tells us. And suffering often calls us in a personal way And in a costly way to extend forgiveness. This little prayer, found outside a concentration camp near the body of a dead child, is testimony to the resurrection victor mentality of God. O Lord, Remember not only the men and women of goodwill, but also those of ill will. But do not remember all the suffering they have inflicted on us. Remember the fruits we have brought thanks to this suffering. Our comradeship, our loyalty, our courage, our generosity, the greatness of heart which has grown out of all of this. And when they come to judgment, let all the fruits which we have borne be their forgiveness. Can't you just hear the words of Christ? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do coming out of that. Here's a story that has challenged me personally. In the years from about 1948 to 1994, a white minority ruled South Africa. It was much like the segregation in the U.S. in earlier years. There were a lot of atrocities. Many were very brutal. Finally, a man by the name of Nelson Mandela was instrumental in ending these evils. There was a commission established to bring these evil men to justice. One man, by the name of Vandy Brook, was brought to this trial. There was this elderly black lady at this trial because her family was closely connected to his evil deeds. He admitted to taking her 18-year-old son and shooting him, and then burning his body while dancing and partying around the fire. Eight years later, they came again and took her husband, into captivity. Sometime later, in the middle of the night, they came and got this elderly black lady. They took her out into an isolated area, and there she saw her husband. He was tied to some wood, and they poured gasoline over him and lit the gasoline. While she watched his body burned up. But the last words she heard from her husband were, Forgive them, forgive them. Now, years later, she is finally at the trial of Mr. Van D. Brooke. As the trial drew to a close, the judge asked this lady what she wanted the court to do to sentence this man for all the evils that he had done toward her family. How did she want him to be punished? The elderly black lady said she wants three things. Number one, I want Mr. Van D. Brook to take me to the place where they burned the body of my husband so I can gather together some of the dust and ashes and give my husband a decent burial. Secondly, Mr. Van D. Brook took all my family away from me. And I still have lots of love left to give him. Twice a month, I want Mr. Die Brook to come to my ghetto and spend the day with me so I can be a mother to him. Thirdly, I want Mr. Die Brook to know that God can forgive him and I forgive him too. And I want someone now to come and lead me to Mr. Vandy Brook so I can embrace him. And so he can know that my forgiveness is real. The elderly lady slowly made her way across the courtroom toward him. It is reported that as she got closer to him, he passed out. It was more than he could take. The entire courtroom was silent. And it remained silent as people began to realize what this lady had actually done. She had forgiven him. She had truly followed the way of peace. Finally, the silence was broken when another lady started to sing, Amazing Grace. And the whole courtroom joined in. What atrocities have been done to you. Forgiveness is one of the most costly and yet best opportunities to mirror the character of Christ. A victim mentality, a victim perspective, traps you in a prison, in a tomb of limitations, and we fail to learn What God wants us to triumph over, to triumph through. A victor perspective experiences hope. Because he sees God in the picture and surrenders himself to God, he is teachable. Instead of saying, God, teach him a lesson, (laughs) he was wrong, maybe he was. A victor says, Lord, what do you want me to learn in this? By faith, see God as sovereign in specific areas of your life. There was a time in my life when I was fighting something and I fought this thing for years and it actually felt wrong to let it go because I thought it was right. But that thing drove me into the ground. And I had to go to our congregation and say, brothers, I cannot go on like this. I'm facing something I cannot overcome. And until I can deal with this, I can't keep going. And my dear brothers, help me. God wanted to teach me something that I had a difficult time learning. And the people God has placed in your life, like my brothers, are there to help you, to assist you. And I can honestly say I'm not sure where I would be If it weren't for my church family. Maybe. Excuse me. Maybe you feel like Jacob sometimes. When he told his sons. Joseph. Is not. Simeon you've taken away. Now they want to take Benjamin yet all these things are against me he said that's what it feels like sometimes but jacob was right where god wanted to him he wanted him he was right on the verge of being provided for cared for loved but at the time all he saw was that everything was against him i just want you to know that your times are in his hands God is not against you. He is for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The Lord will perfect that which concerns you if we're willing to humble ourselves before him. The very things we fight against may be the vehicle that God wants to use to conform me To the image of His own dear Son. I'd like to give you some scriptures to comfort and strengthen your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side. And I love the way that Scripture is realistic. (laughs) He's not saying life is an easy road. No. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, yes, but not forsaken. Cast down, yes, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. The cross precedes the resurrection. We must humble ourselves before Him in order to be overcomers as Christ was. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. These are promises from God that can give us hope if we are trapped in a victim perspective. Let's read verses 28 and 29. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I'd like to just pause here. Think of, typically we go to this verse when we face a, a singular or particular Difficult time in life. Think of, um, let's say, the cooks making a soup or a stew. Think of all the ingredients that goes into that soup. And let's say one of those ingredients are onions. Now, how would you? How many of you would like to eat straight onions? <laughs> Not very well, right? They make you cry. They're stout, um, burny. But it's like when we hit a difficult circumstance, I want you to remember that is only one ingredient of the whole picture. It adds a flavor to the whole. What does God say? that it all works together. You see, you need to put the onions and the pepper and all the other ingredients in. He's not asking you to eat that singly. Or it can be a bitter experience. (laughs) But he wants to add that to the soup and then the flavors of the combination The beauty of the character of Christ emerges in the situations that God brings into our life to conform us to the image of his own dear son. That is God's heart for you and I. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God's purpose and plan for you. God has a good will for you. He wants to conform you to the character of Christ. And take comfort knowing that Christ suffered and faced evil things against him. And he took that and used it redemptively. Verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? To... You fill in the blank to whatever difficulty we wish we could erase in our life. If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 37, nay, in all these things, in everything, nothing's overlooked by God. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. God loves us in the midst of that pain. He knows what pain is about. But he wants us to conquer through that pain, not just in spite of that pain. More than conquerors, what does that phrase means? Mean, it means that we do not fight for victory, we live in victory. The victory has been won. We simply need to claim Jesus' resurrection power in our life and follow his footsteps. We can be more than conquerors. At the time, Jesus felt the farthest from God. When he was hanging on the cross, you remember the words he uttered? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Probably the moment in Jesus' life when he felt the farthest from God was actually the critical moment of him being in the center of God's will. Jesus himself said, for this cause came I unto this hour. Maybe we feel, maybe you're in a situation, you feel, God, (laughs) I think you've missed this one. You feel far away. Where are you? God maybe has you right where he wants you. And he is with you. His name is Emmanuel. God with us. I know the plans that I have for you. Says the Lord, plans of peace, not plans of evil, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope and a future. Yes, you can be more than conquerors, even in this very difficult situation. So I want you to consider that instead of fighting against the things that God has allowed in our lives very may maybe very painful and hurtful things surrender that to the sovereignty of God experience the healing that comes from his wings let's bow our heads for prayer father thank you that you are sovereign thank you that our times are in your hands Thank you that you know our hearts. You know our thoughts. Lord, you know the pain. You know the rejection. You know the evil that perhaps we have experienced personally. Father, if there's anyone here who is trapped in a victim mentality, thinking they're limited, by what has come their way outside of their control. I pray, God, that for Jesus' sake, we could see you in this. And I pray that the power and the good news of your gospel, that we can be more than conquerors in all these things, could be experienced in each one of our lives. Father, we pray for the grace, the humility, to surrender to your sovereignty, to your Lordship. Give us the grace to forgive. Give us the power to overcome evil with good. Help us to experience living in victory because of your good plan for us. Help us to see that the very thing we may be fighting against, you may want to use to perfect us and purify us and conform us to the image of your own dear son. God, increase our faith, bless each one here. And I pray that if anyone here is struggling I pray that you would give them the grace to surrender and to be liberated from this prison of limitation and they could be free to live according to your goodwill for them. You sent Jesus with this message, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, and we trust your heart in that pray that as I open it up now for responsive time, that you would give, you would speak to each heart and give grace to respond to your voice. For Jesus' sake, we ask it. I ask you just to keep your eyes closed, and I'd like to sing several verses of Just As I Am.